You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to. Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Castor, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. No matter what the name of the show is, I am always here with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. We're here. We're here. I don't know if we're, if we're thriving, but we're here. Now, I listened to the uh, recent, most recent episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway, and it sounded like somebody died, which honestly tracks because it feels like the Rangers playoff hopes are not dead, but dying uh, on, on life support, uh, very much yeah. on life support. And we will uh, we will definitely talk, talk all about it and talk about the rest of the series as well. But before we do that, Mr. Birdsaw, what is your deep sleeper? Who or what or why or where? So for anybody who has, been, who has been on Twitter in the last in the last 24 hours, and let me preface this by saying that I am the most anti-barstool human being on the planet. God, I uh, fucking hate them so much. We probably hate them for two, for different reasons. Yes, but they're very much such so for, a, different, for, for different such reasons. a piece of shit organization. I hate them. Absolutely, absolutely despise Barstool and everything that they do. Um, but, but if if you've uh, been on Twitter in the last twenty four to forty eight hours, um, then you probably have seen the the, the drama that is that is going on. Um, if you haven't, then this is going to be just breaking news for you. I'll try and dumb it down as best I possibly can without without using too many names. So basically. The, the deep sleeper is dating coworkers. That that that's the deep sleeper, but but it, it's a lot deeper than that. So dangerous game, dating coworkers. Well, the story is you have we're gonna say person X, person Y, and person Z. Person X was dating person Y. Person Y broke it off with person X. Person X, person Y, person Z all work for Warstool and are prominent figures in Barstool. X and Y dated. Y broke up with X. Y then started seeing Z. Z was friends with X, had worked on multiple things with X, and they were cool until they weren't. Z never let X know of their intentions. Y only let X know of their intentions after a photo was shared on Reddit between person Y and person Z getting all comfy cozy. And it's now blown up into this big thing to the point where person X, who is a big Boston guy, big Pats fan, has now all the Patriots rallying, rallying behind him, including Tom Brady. So when you have Tom Brady rallying around you, that speaks volumes. I, I tell you what, if, 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 if the person that I was canoodling with left me for one of my friends and Tony Robo went to bat for me, I would get on the ground and I would say, ex-lover, friend, whatever, thank you. Thank you for completing my life. So person Y and person Z are getting absolutely torn to pieces. And person X is looking like uh, he, he's sitting atop Mount Olympus right now. But 
the moral of the story and, and the, the deep sleeper here is what is the thought, Adam, on 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 dating coworkers? I wonder if we're in the same boat on, the, on this one. Well, I think dating coworkers is not a great idea just because if somehow if for some reason it doesn't end well, like, you know, you do something weird on the date or like you just don't you're just not a fit for each other or whatever interactions in the office are going to be very awkward basically for the rest of your time there or whichever, like as long as you spend that time in that office, you're going to be, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird, especially if you're in the same department as that person where you see them every day, you interact with them every day. Correct. And you know, not everybody can be like, I don't want to say adults about it, but like, you know, not everybody can let bygones be bygones because that stuff happened and there's emotional investment there. Sure. So I think that for that reason, dating coworkers is not good. But I think another factor of this is not just not dating coworkers, but also don't date your friend's ex. I thought that was, that was well-established. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like the first point that I was going to make. Like if you two are boys, I mean, like, Jesus. I don't think dating coworkers even, it's like so distant for, it's such a distant second problem in this whole scenario. Yeah. Because the first, the primary issue is that you're dating your friend's ex. And that's the whole reason why this is so crazy. Because like Bad. when X and Y were dating, it was, I'm sure it wasn't that big of a deal. You no, know? no. And they were together for several years. So, and, but it's now not, it, also, yeah. it also opens up the whole rabbit hole of, oh, was person Y seeing person Z while they were with person X? It just creates this whole war hole, war pool of just shit. Well, that's none of their business. Well, none of our business, whatever's happening there. But Oh, I'm I, sure it is going to come out, whether right. there was or wasn't. But really, the first port of call here is don't date your friend's ex. That's just what it is. And dating coworkers is like a whole nother thing, which is not great. I mean, it could work in certain scenarios. Like if it works out, then it works out. You know, not everybody can be a Jim and Pam sort of relationship. No, nobody is. Nobody is like my mom and dad. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of other office romances that worked out on TV. Um, Michael and uh, Holly. No, not like The Office. I mean, just like... Well, that is an office romance that worked out. Yes. Dwight and Angela. I can't think of anyone, any... Any any figures outside of The Office. Yes, I cannot think of any relationships outside of The Office. I'm sure it will come to me. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um... Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's a pretty fucked situation. I, I'm actually on the opposite side of you, Adam. I think it's okay to date coworkers because it's like you're on the same schedule as them. You know what you know what the rigors of the job are like. So it's it's not like it's not especially like if we're taking Barstool for example. You know what the job is. You know the rigors of being a public figure. You know what it's like working for Barstool and what, all, everything that that company encapsulates. So 
there is that someone that knows that and is, you know, and can adjust to the schedule that your life has. Um, with that being said, dating coworkers can get messy because especially in this instance where there is a breakup and especially if there is a large office, shit like this can happen. Well, I think it's worse in a small office. Oh, like, oh yeah. Oh, I work yeah. at a re- I work at a relatively small company. And if I dated one of my coworkers and we broke up and we were and like you know, we would see each other around the office, like that's me. That's typical risk averse Adam being like, I don't think this is a good idea because I'm thinking about what could happen if this goes wrong. Cause that's just sometimes you have to think about that. You have to weigh that when you're thinking about having a relationship with somebody that you see every day and yeah. that you see every day, not because you live together or anything because you work together. And like, mm-hmm. also it could form like conflicts of interest, especially if that person is higher up the chain than you, like a manager or... Oh, that's just a whole other can of worms. Right. I'm Dating saying, your superior? Oh, good God. There's like, there are so many different reasons why office romance does not work out. Oh, well, this is this is one of them. And I mean, I, I, I'm... Listen, if I'm person X, I'm loving my life. I'm loving my life because you, you, you just go on Twitter and you can see all of the nonsense that is going on. You can see the people talking shit about person Y, person Z, and they fucked you over. And I mean, hey, you have your fucking idol on your side. So, I mean, if, if you're asking me, uh, person X one, and I am very much team person X. Very, very, very much so. In the situation, he got he got fucked. He got he got completely royally fucked. I think this really this is not this is like a correlation doesn't equal causation thing because the reason that this relationship or this love triangle didn't work out is not because it's an office romance. It's because they're friends. It's because the two guys involved are friends. Yeah, this could this situation could easily easily be replicated outside of an office setting where you have somebody who's dating a girl uh let's say you're dating a girl you break up with her and then i start seeing her like that's that's basically what happened and then we would both be mad at each other she, or at least you'd be mad at me she would upgrade i would always share with you sweet chicks oh god <laughs> why did i that was such a mistake i shouldn't i should have learned by now to not to not do this no but yeah yeah, yeah yes in, a, in an ideal realistic scenario yeah yeah, absolutely. And that, that goes the same with, with anybody else. But I, I think also... A, the, the what I'm trying to say is... What sorry. What I'm trying yeah. to say is it's not... The reason this failed is not because it's an office romance. I don't think an office this being them working at the same company had anything to do with it. I mean, the fact that they work at this company has something to do with why we know about it. But... It does. It didn't contribute to the fact that it didn't work out, or that this conflict exists. It's different. Yeah, and I think I also think that it definitely could have been handled in a much better way. Where if person Z, if the guy reached out to the guy and said, "Hey, 
this is going on with person Y. There's potential there. I want to see where it goes. I'm just giving you a heads up. Person X doesn't have to like it. Person X doesn't have to respect it. But just giving him the heads up is courteous. Still a dick move. I'm not saying it makes it okay. Still a shitty move, and you're still an asshole. But it, le- it makes you look like less of an asshole. But the fact that it only came out of the woodwork after they were caught is a bad, bad, bad look. They should know better. I mean, they, they, they should absolutely 100% know better. And if someone sees that, snap, snap, and boom, all over the place and shit blows up. Yeah. All right, are we done talking about Barstool drama now? I, I we've talked. We, I don't know we, why. Well, we've you given Barstool way too much coverage on the, on this on this podcast. I never want to do it again. Fuck them! I hate them so much. For different reasons, but yes, yes. Okay, so my deep sleeper is childhood dreams. Oh, I wonder. Do you know where I'm going with this? No, not a clue. If it doesn't have to do with Zelda, I have no idea where you're going. No, it's not. No, not okay, my childhood. No, not, not my childhood. A childhood of a certain where 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 is he from? Is he from Norway? A certain Norwegian who wears blue now. He his father played for Manchester City. Oh, oh, I had no idea where you were going with that. He there there were pictures uh, circling the internet of Erling Holland in a, in that old, I think it was the 0708 kit with the uh thomas cook the og thomas cook sponsorship we don't talk about 0708 well the first half of it we don't talk about that but uh yeah i I, the sign the signing is amazing living the dream full circle going to finish what his father did alfinch holland manchester city legend fuck roy Keane for kicking him in the balls and almost preventing Erling Holland from being born. I'm just kidding. I think he was he was a kid at the time. He was a baby at the time. But sure. Um, yeah, I I just love this move so much. I mean, I love it too because it means Arsenal is going to get Gabby Jesus. So I, yeah, I love it. I'm very happy for you. But if it means we're going to get Gabby Jesus and potentially Raheem Sterling, yeah, I <laughs> yes, please. I'm all for it. Raheem just making the rounds on all the top six. I hope he doesn't go to Man United. That would be terrible. Raheem, Raheem has always screamed Arsenal player to me. He, he, when he was at Liverpool, I, I, I was saying the same thing. Uh, he just always screamed Arsenal kind of player. But when it comes down to it, if this whole... Uh, Serge Nabry thing that's going on at Bayern right now where they are at odds over a new contract. He has less than a year left on his deal. If Serge Nabry is potentially available. Oh, we want to talk about reunions. He wants to come home. He said it. He said, if it's not Bayern, it's Arsenal. Bring him home. He, he is the absolute, he, 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 he literally is Jack the Ripper. Carving up London. It's what the man does. Carved up Chelsea. Carved up Tottenham. 
Bring him home. Bring him back to the dance floor, for Christ's sake. It's a good one. Bring him back cool. to the fucking dance floor. Yes. You could put him, you could put him on the left. You could have Gabby Martinelli, you know, in the center if you want to, with Gabby Jesus. You could have Emil Smith Rowe. He could play, he could play anywhere. Saka stays on the right because Bukayo Saka never comes out of my team. I love that boy endlessly. Martin Odegaard stays in the middle. Best Norwegian in the Premier League. He could go right in there. No problem at all. Yori Tielemans, who we could be signing as well. Put him in midfield. No problem. I'm sorry. Did you just say best Norwegian in the Premier League? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. So far. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Even when Holland comes, Odegaard's, Odegaard's the best midfielder in the Premier League. Early Holland was not signed by Real Madrid at 18 years old. I don't want to hear it. Odegaard over Holland. He could, could have been. Clear. 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 Adam. Clear. Thomas Partey next next to Yuri Tielemans if we sign him. What a pivot that would be. Granite Xhaka be our ultimate Swiss Army knife. Kieran Tierney. Aaron Hickey if we get to sign him from Bologna. Another Bologna left the, uh, fullback. Oh, yes, please. We've had success there before. Takahiro Tomiyasu, my fucking guy. He could shut people down on the right. He could shut people down on the left. Ben White in the middle. Rob Holdinho, my guy, my guy. What a what a guy. Oh, my goodness. The child of Paolo Maldini, Marcel Desailly, Franz Beckenbauer, Tony Adams. What a great guy. Love him. Gabrielle, what a, what a gentleman. Aaron Ramsdale. Oh, what a guy. What a guy. Just brings a, brings a bright smile to my face. And, and Adam. I can't believe you hijacked my segment. Oh, I've absolutely hijacked it. Because... There's a point to this. I will let you finish your early Holland, your early Holland point. But there's something that I want that I do want to say, and I'm imploring you, anybody else who has my number, who is listening to this, and there are several. Two forty-five on Thursday. Don't contact me. Two forty-five to four thirty. Don't contact me. My phone will be off, or it'll be just away. I, I might launch it onto the Long Island Expressway, quite frankly. I don't want to be bothered. It is the biggest game of the season. Ooh. It's probably the biggest North London derby that we've had in maybe since 2004. Maybe. I, may, I think this is probably bigger because it's two teams that are fighting for the same spot. We win. We get into the Champions League. And we do it at White Hart Lane. We're able to do it at White Hart Lane. Just like we won the league at White Hart Lane. We won the league at the shithole. We won the league at White Hart Lane. Shy Hart Lane. Adam, if we're able to do it, close the deal at their place. Oh, oh my God. I, 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 I truly don't know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do. But if we lose, if we lose... Don't contact me. All right. A draw is the minimum. We draw. We only need to win once against Everton at home or Newcastle at St. James's. And we get it. Draw is the bare minimum. But a God, win. That, that Everton team is going to be playing for a lot. Uh, potentially, but they have a ga- they have a game in hand, and they're out of the relegation zone. I I, I think they're safe. 
I, I do think they're safe. There are a lot of people uh, like on YouTube videos about like TiVo football, fantastic YouTube channel. I don't know if you watch them at all. I don't. But they make um, videos about tactics and uh, like little short form mini documentaries about like uh, just historical events in soccer. And sure, uh, it, it, I watch I watch channels very similar. Yeah. HITC sevens. It's very similar. Oh, he's also great. I love Alfie. Yeah. yeah, Alfie's great. Yeah. So, but they have like a like an art style where they a lot of their pictures are like hand. They, it's like a lot of pictures and they're hand drawn. But anyway, they made a video about what relegation would look like for Everton, and everybody. And this was like six months ago. And everybody in the comments was just like, you know, Everton needs probably needs relegation to get their head out of their ass <laughs> and figure stuff out. Well, I mean, if we're being very honest with yourself, and I, I, will, I will let you take back your segment. I, I, I apologize, but I just needed to get my little Arsenal rant out. Oh, and by the way, the angel is better than you'll ever walk alone. I'll stand by it. Never walk alone is a crock of shit. About 10 teams fucking use it. The angel is ours. So never walk alone, kick rocks. Um, Blue moon's better. Blue moon sucks. Um, what was I going to say? What, was that? what the hell was I going to say? It was about Everton. Was it about Everton? Needing to get relegated to get their head out of their ass? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look what happens when they lost Ancelotti. They lose Ancelotti. They're a fucking mess. Well, I mean... Real Madrid get Ancelotti, and they're somehow in the Champions League final. Uh, and that's, I don't, that honestly I don't want to is, talk about one, it. It's one of the worst Real Madrid sides that I've seen. And they're a good side. They, they are a good side. I'm not saying they're not. But compared to the Real Madrid sides that I've seen, it's one of the worst. And Ancelotti won the Liga, and they're in a Champions League final. They could do a league champion, a league continental double. Like, did Bar- who won the Copa del Rey? Uh, Real Betis. Oh, good for them. Hector, Hector the goal protector won, won himself a Copa del Rey. I love it, my guy. I mean, this is a good. It's a good team. And they, it's a really experienced squad. I mean, this is probably one of the, this is one of the better uh, squads for Real Madrid that, you know, stands Cristiano Ronaldo. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I I could probably say that. Sure. They're like the, well, I don't want to say it like this because it's going to bring up horrible memories, but they're like the Penguins. Basically, they're an old team that people didn't expect a lot of, but they've won. And they have that experience. And I it's mean, got them I, far. I mean, yes, in a way. Uh, kind of. Kind of. Because you have like Ronaldo and Benzema who are like their Crosby. And now they I mean? Ronaldo's not there anymore. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm about saying the, when he was there. When he was oh. there. Ronaldo and then Benzema is like their Crosby. And then Vinicius is kind of like their Gensel. I mean, they have... No, I, I actually think it's a, that's a pretty good comparison. And they still have a lot of players from when they last won the Champions League, like Tony Cruz and Luka Modric, Casemiro, Casemiro, piece of I, shit, Luka, Luka Modric. Oh my god, he's so good. I, I would hate my life if he was still playing for Tottenham. I really would. Can you imagine Luka Modric winning a Ballon d'Or at Tottenham? No, 
No. No, not at all. It's it's bad enough that I get to hear about Captain Harry Kane. Do you, do you know that Ant, the Anton Griezmann meme? Yes. Harry Kane. I, I can't I can't do the, the Anton Griezmann because it's like it's a French that's mixed with an English. There's there's like a lot of different things that are going on there. So unfortunately, I I, I can't I can't I cannot do it. But did you stick? Did you see my colleague, my friend, Jamie Carragher, celebrating the Liverpool victory? That was the only good thing about it. That my well, friend, Jamie Carragher, was just so happy. Yeah. Well, him and everybody else in the fucking mainstream media is so happy about Liverpool doing anything. Fair. I, I, I can't even disagree with that. That's fair. Ben, Jurgen Klopp woke up this morning. What a, he's a what generational, a he's a generational manager. He's an absolute genius. Bang on. Bang on. I mean, let's, let's also not say that Man City don't have their fans. I mean, come on. You have Micah Richards that, that waxes lyrical in the Champions League booth. And he does all the Sky Sports stuff. You have Micah Richards. I mean, come on now. That's one guy compared to everybody in the media that's either. Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely. Manchester United I, I, I'm, or not, Liverpool say, I'm not saying that you have nobody. You have somebody. It's like us. No, like well, us. it's one. It's like three hundred. It's like yeah. the odds are are oh, very much against absolutely. us. Absolutely, absolutely. It's Liverpool and Man United. Like when you have, you have. Oh, I can't say this word. I really want to say this word. When you have someone like Gary Neville, who is talking and waxing lyrical about Manchester United, when Arsenal beat Manchester United a couple of weeks ago, he was still saying as they that, lose four 0 to Brighton. Right. He was still saying Manchester United still finished top four. Are you out of your fucking mind? Are, are you insane? At the beginning of the year, oh, Manchester United, one of the top four teams in Europe. In Europe? How about they're not even one of the best top four teams in England? They're barely a top six team in England. Barely. Barely. Spurs. Spurs have more of a case to be, to be a top four side. Arsenal have more of a case to be a top four side than they do. I think I it's... T- more I meaningful take if I David Mo- I'd take David Moyes' West Ham team yeah, over Man United I, at this point. I would too. I absolutely would. Shout out to Ryan Junio. Hope you're doing how funny, well. How funny is that going to be that David, David Moyes is going to be the man potentially responsible for stopping Man City from winning the Premier League and handing the title to Liverpool as a former Evertonian. You really think that we're going to lose to West Ham? No, it's going to be a game, though. It's going to be. I mean, it's on the road, but like, still, it's going to be a game. They're still they're still competing for a European place, so they're going to be playing for something. Now, if they're I mean, out of the too, Europa League, they're not going to a Europa League final. It, it's it's not like they're just going to lay down. They're they're still potentially vying for that Conference League spot. So I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, a tough three games because it's going to be, we're playing Wolves on Wednesday Yep, at at Molyneux and then West Ham at the Wolves, West Ham and then Villa at home. Yep. And then the Jack, the Jack Reelers revenge game. Yes. Yeah. What, what, what a fabulous use of a hundred million on Jack Reelers. Hey, what's, like cra- what's crazy is, Dude, is we just didn't like, need yeah. just like Liverpool, you're gonna recoup 50 million of that. Minimum. Yeah, somebody's gonna want them. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. 
some someone will buy him. There, there's no doubt in my mind. Well, it's like when we when we bought Mares, everyone's like, "Why did they buy Riyad Mares? They have Leroy Sané and Raheem Sterling. What do they need in and Bernardo? Why do they need another winger?" And it, it worked out. He turned to be he turned out to be one of our more reliable goal scorers, to be honest. And I mean, I think Jack Grealish might work out for that. Well, Riyad, Riyad Mahrez almost took you to a Champions League final. Yeah. So he Riyad Mahrez could hold hold his head up high. He he did what he was supposed to do. But at the time, that signing didn't make a lot of sense. No, no, and you you, you saved Arsenal from doing it. I mean, it worked out because Leroy Sané decided wanted out. He wanted to leave. He got he was sold to Bayern Munich, and Riyad Mahrez turned into you know one of our more consistent wingers. When did you when did you sign Mahrez? Was that 2018? It was because so 20- that 18-19 is when he missed that stupid penalty against Liverpool. And you signed him in January. Am I not mistaken? Was it January? No, I think it was over the summer. Was it over the summer? I, I, I'm not sure because I know, I know Wenger really wanted uh, Mares. Like really, really wanted Mares. And I think when that wasn't going to get done, I think that's when he decided to splash on um, on Aubameyang. Maybe it was announced that it was going to be for the summer. I, I I don't know. I don't know off, off the top of my head. Give me one second. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head, but I know Wenger was very, very interested in Mars. But Wenger yeah, was also July interested 10th, in everybody. It was confirmed. July 10th, it was confirmed. Okay. So maybe that was one that was announced that it was going to happen in the summer and it was just done in January. I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember off the, off the top of my head, but I know Wenger was very interested in Mars. And I mean, I'm I'm happy that Morris didn't sign for us. And I know Morris is a great player, and he is, but he just he, he wouldn't fit this team. He wouldn't fit this team. He's a pet player, a hundred percent. Yeah, and he he's great. I I love him. I you will hear me. You won't hear me saying anything bad about Riyad Morris. You'll never hear me say a bad thing about Gabriel Jesus either. Well, anyway, enough football who needs, talk. Who needs who needs Dusan Vlahovic, who's uh, sitting. Sitting on a bench at Juventus right now, when you could have just have Gabriel Jesus. Exactly. I know who I'd rather have: Flavich for seventy million, or Gab or Gabby Jesus for thirty-five. Oh, it's a that's an easy one. That's a great. That's an easy choice. Anyway, so man, this is the longest deep sleeper I think we've ever done. Maybe, but let's talk about the NHL. I, I love talking about hockey. I will find any excuse to talk about hockey. And as we're recording this. Do we really want to talk draft, about hockey today? Well, not about that team. All right. We can make that conversation quick. But we, we're starting off with a draft lottery, obviously. Yep. That just happened as we're recording this. Um, Montreal winning the first overall pick as the draft is in Montreal. Makes sense. They had the best odds. Yes. I saw that this is their first number one overall pick since 1980. How crazy is that? Yep. 42 years. Yeah, they've done pretty well with their uh, number one overall picks. 
I can remember one guy in particular. Yeah, they've done, they've done all that, right. Was that the that was a first overall pick? Because Patrick Waugh? No. Guy Lafleur. Oh, Guy Lafleur. That was the other one I was thinking about. Yes, that was the number one overall pick. Because you didn't want to go to the Seals. Yes, correct. Uh, yeah, so, and then the hated New Jersey Devils won the second overall pick because that's just what they do. They just constantly finish high in the draft lottery, even after they traded Taylor Hall. I don't know yeah. what the explanation is for that one. You know what? I'd rather it be the Devils than the Islanders. Yeah. That was my biggest fear. When I saw 13 pop up, I was saying to myself, oh, my God, if this isn't the Islanders, I'm going to puke. Well, we'll get to the Islanders in a second. Yeah. Because they, they did something very dumb. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Coyotes at three. The Seattle Kraken at four. The Flyers at five. The Blue Jackets, which they got from Chicago, which I believe was in the Seth Jones trade. Um, yes, it was. At six. Number seven is Ottawa. Number eight is Detroit. Number nine is Buffalo. The original Buffalo's original first round pick. Uh, number 10 is Anaheim. 11, San Jose. 12 is Columbus's original pick. 13 is the Islanders. 14 is the Jets. 15 is Vancouver. And 16 is the Golden Knights. But the uh, Sabres have, the, have this pick as a result of the Jack Eichel trade. I mean, it really is a one-man draft, isn't it? I mean, it really was whomever got the number one overall pick was uh, was going to be sitting real pretty, and this is this is the Shane Wright draft. So the Canadians are going to get Shane Wright, and and I mean, don't be don't be at all surprised if uh, if we see Jeff Gordon just completely rebuild this this Canadians team in just a matter of seasons because I mean, it's Jeff Gordon, just what he does. He's just so good at winning lotteries. Who would have thought? He's so good at just building teams. He's so damn good at building teams. It, 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 it's, it's just stupid. Yeah, and I think that Shane Wright's going to be great for the Canadians if that's the direction that they're going to go, which is probably the direction that they're going to go. And they're in a good position with – uh, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, Martin San Louis behind the bench. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty solid. They have a good foundation. Yeah, yeah, they have a very solid enough foundation, um, but it's just building talent now. And if they can secure Shane Wright this year, then maybe they stink for one more year. Then maybe next year they get themselves Connor Bedard. Oh, that would be well. I don't think they can actually do that. Oh no, that not with the new uh, the new rule. They can't win it uh, two years in a row. No, yeah, they cannot do that. And they can't win it two years in a row. All right, so they can't get they can't get Bedard. They, well, they, unless they, they get the, the second uh, overall pick and uh, New Jersey rule. Yes, the or some people call it the Rangers rule because yeah, the, the Rangers the Rangers rule this, but it's really the Edmonton New Jersey rule. It's the Edmonton and New Jersey rule. Exactly. It's a, really, it's the Taylor Hall rule. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh it's the Nico uh Nico Heeshear and then Jack Hughes rule. Well, the, I mean, don't you know about Taylor Hall's weird juju with the draft lottery where all of his teams just seem to win the draft lottery if they're in it? Well, the devils that well, well. 
He was a devil. When they when they won the Nico Heischer lottery. All right. So when can we expect the Boston Bruins to uh, to be in a lottery? Next time they miss the playoffs. So maybe next, next year. year, maybe two years from now. Okay, so they're gonna get a top three pick in no time. Okay, I gotta put a future in for that one. I mean, well, I don't know how much it counts because Taylor Hall was only with them for half a season, but the Sabres won the draft lottery. The, the last counts. draft lottery. That still counts. And the Oilers won the lottery after all those years out, or, you know, those years after tra- Taylor Hall was drafted, who himself was it. a lottery pick. Well, they won it after Hall. They won it twice after Hall with uh, Yakupov and McDavid. And then they got Drysidle at number two. Well, you're forgetting somebody. You're forgetting the Nuge. Ryan oh, Hopkins was the first overall right. pick. That's right. Oh my God. Okay, so yeah, they've. They, it, it really is the 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 Edmonton uh, the Edmonton rule. Holy shit! Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov, and McDavid. And then if you want to put Drysidle in there, you put Drysidle in there because he was a top two pick. Wow. That's a good one. It's the fucking Edmonton roll. So let me see. I just want to confirm this. Confirm. Confirm. So, confirm or did I? So 2011 was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yep. 2012 was Nail Yakupov. Yep. Mm-hmm. 2013, they got the seventh overall pick. It was Darnell Nurse. Not bad. 14 was number three, was Leon Dreisaitl. Okay, so he was three. Who was it two in that draft? Uh, 2014. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> wow. Buffalo's like killing themselves. So here are the top three picks of was the 2014 like, draft. Hold on. Hold on. It's someone that flamed out spectacularly. Yeah, I think he's on the Flyers currently. Who is it? Sam Reinhart. Oh dear. So no, he's on. on uh, he's on Florida. Oh, he's on. It, no. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's on no, Florida. You're thinking of Sam Bennett, who was also in this draft. Hey, he's on Florida. Sam Reinhart. Huh. Yep. So the so the top five picks. I was gonna say I literally thought I just saw him score saw him score the other night. So the top five picks of this draft are were Aaron Eckblad to Florida. Nice. Sam Reinhart to Buffalo. Drysaddle to Edmonton. Sam Bennett to Calgary. And then Michael Dal Cole. To uh, the, the Michael Dal Cole draft. You love to say it. Yeah, Michael Dal Cole over William Nylander. Nikolai Ehlers. Love it. Kevin Fiala. Love it. Jakob Vrana. Excellent. Yeah. I wish and death to that organization. I really do. Who do the Rangers? Oh, that was the job. So our pick was traded for to Tampa, I think. Yeah, I think that was uh, the St. Louis uh, Callahan trade. Yeah. 
so is the two first round picks because one of the pick one of those picks was Anthony Beauvillier, the other pick was Josh Hosang. Fucking morons. Well, Beauvillier, if the Rangers were to sign Beauvillier tomorrow, I I would love it. So Beauvillier is a good player. He's he is a good player. I'll I'll tip my hat to him. This draft, this first round is actually kind of stacked a little bit. Kapanen was in this round or was in this draft. Alex Tuck, Jared McCann. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought I remember 2014 being a pretty solid draft. Dylan, uh, Dylan Larkin. Yeah. Post, of course, David Pasternak. What a guy. Also noted asshole. Tony D was in this draft as well. Drafted eight, 19th overall. Love him. Love him. Love Tony. Love NYR fan. Number, 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 number. Anyway, uh, when do they win Taylor Hall? I'm wondering. Oh, Taylor Hall was 2010. Taylor Hall's been in this league for 12 years. Yep. That's crazy. Wow. I feel fucking old now. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. So the draft lottery, very interesting to see how this goes in the future. But let's talk about the playoffs themselves because that's really what's going on here. Let's do it. Well, do you want to talk with the the Islanders first? Or do you want to talk with the Islanders after? Okay. Yeah. Actually, we should talk about Barry Trotz. Yeah, let's do it. We'll get, we'll get to the playoffs. We'll talk about the, the, the irrelevant non-playoff teams now. We'll get to the playoff teams. Yep. So Barry Trotz gets fired by the Islanders. I mean, how ridiculous. I mean, there's got to be something. Well, I mean, if you just listen to, to uh, Lou Lamorello, uh, president, GM, head honcho, the uh, the Islanders. Sith Lord. Sith Lord, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Every uh, New York uh, team has their own Sith Lord. We have Chancellor, there. Chancellor Lamorello. Um, he had said that it was reasons that go beyond just the season, which to me – Makes no fucking sense. Like, well, he also how? said they needed a new voice in the locker room. I mean, sure. I mean, you get a coach like Barry Trotz, who a very demanding coach, uh, wants a hundred percent excellence all the time. I, I get the whole new voice thing, but the thing that I'm really centering on is the it was for more than just what happened this year, which suggests to me. What did you expect Barry Trotz to just rip through the Tampa Bay Lightning and get you to a Stanley Cup final in one of the last two years? Like it was what is is that what you were what you were looking for if you if you are Chancellor Lamorello? Like it 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 doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Those lightning teams, those lightning teams were good. Those islander teams were good. The islanders, all they needed to do was really regroup, get younger, retool, not rebuild. And they'll be back into contention next year because they are a good team. They are a very good team, the the Islanders on paper. But when you have Lou Lamorello relying on guys like Zach Parisi, like Andy Green, like 41-year-old Zidane Chara, his guys that he brought in, not Barry Trotz, what does that suggest? Well, that's the other thing is that this cannot all be on Barry Trotz. Part of this Absolutely is Absolutely not. Lou Lamorello not bringing in offensive firepower for the Islanders. Because 
really the Islanders one weakness is that they win games one nothing. And when they're going up against a team with offensive firepower, uh, like a lot of offensive firepower, like the lightning, it's just not going to work for them because they can't score. They can't keep up with, with the big boys offensively. Their defense is very good, but the offense just isn't there. Well, and, and also you look at the goaltending too, that the, the Islanders were just outclassed in goal. And, and it's not, I'm not saying that, that uh, Semyon Varlamov was, was bad or anything, or even, or even Sorokin. It, it, we're, we're talking looked about really good, but the Islanders just can't score. Right. Right. I mean, they were going, they were going up against arguably at that time, those last two, two years, 2020, 2021, they were going up against the best goalie in the league in Andre Vasilevsky. And all it took was Tampa to score one or two goals. And Vasilevsky was just going to shut the door and, and that's it. And we're seeing it in this series already with Tampa going up against Toronto. Toronto is one of the, if not the highest scoring team in the National Hockey League. And Vasilevsky is dragging them through games. Tampa's up 2 nothing right now at the, at the end of the first period. So goaltending ten, goal is always going to win, no, no matter what. And those Islander teams, they could put the puck in the back of the net in 2020, 2021. This year, they, they just couldn't do it. And they were plagued by a lot of things. Injuries, COVID at the beginning of the year that long road trip they had at the beginning of the year while UBS was getting finished. All things that played into, you know, the season that was for, for, for the New York Islanders. But I mean, Barry Trotz is the best head coach in, in, in the league. I, I've been on record in saying that if there's, there's one coach that I would fire Gerard Gallant for it's Barry Trotz. Like he's going to go Gallant right now, honestly, for Barry Trotz, probably. Probably, but Barry Trotz, I I, I do have a, a destination for him, and I'm telling you, if he goes there, they're going to win a cup in the next three or four years just because of how stacked they already are and how they just need to be polished as a team, and they'll be able to win. That's the Vegas Golden Knights. He goes there. Oh, my good God. Fuck Pete DeBoer. He sucks. Get rid of him. You bring in Barry Trotz. You have the talent lined up already. Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, um, Jonathan Marcia. So uh, Max Pacioretty, Jack Max Eichel. Pacioretty, sure. Jack Eichel. You have the talent there. You just need someone's going to actually, you know, coach, coach this team. And, and Vegas obviously was hurt with uh, the whole Mark Andre Fleury shit beginning of the year. They had Robin Leonard. I thought Robin Leonard was going to be the number one guy. He gets hurt. They go, they're basically riding with pres- presumptively a third string goalie at that point. And it just didn't work out for them in their uh, quest to kind of sneak in. But yeah, Barry Trotz in, in, in Vegas just makes so much sense. Well, it hurts. One team, it hurts. One team that I heard when I was listening to uh, 32 Thoughts with uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick is Winnipeg because Barry Truss is from Manitoba. He, I believe he, he played in Saskatchewan, which is like in that area of Canada. Um, and that team needs defensive structure. And that's what Barry, that's the one thing that they need is defensive structure. 
Matt just texted me. He said Edmonton for Barry. Edmonton. That's interesting. Very interesting. Would they would they go that far though as a as a as a playoff team? Well, I think that to make that change. That's so weird because I feel like they like Jay Woodcroft at this point. I do too. I I do too. I I I get that vibe. That they would go uh, for someone for someone that's that's younger. But I mean, hey, if they're if they're looking for a cup in the next two or three years to show McDavid and Drysidle, hey, we're serious, we want to win. Is that going to be with Jay Woodcroft or is that going to be with Barry Trotz? Well, I think that depends on how the game goes tonight and how the game goes and how game six goes in a couple of days. Oh, they have to win tonight. They, they, they have got to win tonight. They, they cannot go back to L.A. down 3-2. Yep. Cannot happen. I, if, if, they, if they're out of the first round again, I think it's a serious thing that they have to consider. Oh, it's a big problem. Oh, it's a big problem if they can get, can get out of the first round again. And I agree. They, they, they're going to have to consider something because they need someone that's going to put them at least contending for cops. And Barry Trotz would do that. Honestly, I'd be interested if – I doubt this will happen because Kyle Dubas loves Sheldon Keefe a lot. But if Toronto doesn't, doesn't get it done – No, Sheldon, Sheldon Keefe is their guy. Sheldon Keep is their guy, and he blends in really well with what they have in Toronto. A young, really young group uh, with vet with veteran leadership, a younger coach, grows with the team. I mean, Shel- Sheldon Keefe has 10, 15-year coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs written all over him. I mean, he coached a lot of those guys, or a couple of those guys, when they were in, with the Marlies. With he the Marlies. The, yep. He won the Calder Cup with a couple of those guys. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it just makes so much sense. But... Um... Yeah, there are a lot of different destinations for Barry Trotz. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yep. And I'm very curious to see what the Islanders do and who they decide to to bring in. If they if they go with like a Claude Julian, I would laugh my ass off. Claude Julian. I mean, Michelle Terrian is available. I, Maybe, I think you know, I think a great hire for them, where I would be like, okay, I get it. Is Paul Maurice? Oh, Paul God, Maurice is hate, one that makes I would a hate lot the Islanders. I would hate that as a, I as a fan of a rival. Too. I would hate yes. that because I love Paul Maurice as a coach. I adore Paul Maurice. I think he's. A I would love great him for coach. the Rangers. Yep, I did too. He was someone that I wanted with with Gallant. But yeah, that would be an interesting hire. I mean, just going by the connection that Lou Lamorell thinks he's still in New Jersey. If Pizza Board gets fired by Vegas and they bring in Barry Trotz, would Pete Boer be brought in to coach the Islanders? That'd be hysterical. That really would be. I mean, I think Ranger fans would love that because they'd be able to see their old buddy Pete Boer And just completely fuck him over. Because I Correct. fuck Pete Boer. Fuck Pete Boer is right. Yeah, well... The funny thing about Claude Julien is he coached the Devils yep. under Lou. Yep. He was like famously fired. Mid, was it midseason? And then the Devils went on to win the cup? Yes. <laughs> so he's very full circle. He really would be. Would it happen again? I don't know. We'll see. 
the hire is going to be interesting because if they go for a young coach, it suggests to me that they're going to try and, and, and tear some things down. But if they go for a veteran coach, like, like what Barry Trotz was, it suggests to me they're just going for a new voice and someone that can maybe put someone else can be the guy that puts the Islanders over the top. So the, the hire will be very telling as to what the Islanders are going to do. Yeah. But there are, I mean, there are just a lot of veteran coaches around. And the thing about those guys that some people call them veteran coaches, other people call them retreads. Guys like Terry and Elaine Vigneault, who's available. Dave Tippett. uh, Rick Tockett. Sure. Paul Maurice. Paul Paul Maurice, he would be a bit of a retread. He would be. He would be, but... He'd be the best of the retreads, I think. Julian, a bit more Julian. inspired than like Vigneault, Terrian, or Julian. Correct. And if DeBoer, if DeBoer is relieved of his duties and DeBoer as well. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that goes. Because Lou, I feel like Lou Lemerel wouldn't hire a younger coach. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. It doesn't seem like it's his MO. No. No. It, 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 he doesn't strike me as a guy that would go for a, for a 40-year-old coach. That that's just me. Yeah, like we saw, like like Jeff Gordon, for example, where he hired he hired David Quinn, and then in Montreal he hired Marty Saint Louis, two young coaches, two guys he's willing to kind of experience experiment with, and also I mean it helps it. that right, and also it helps that those are two like rebuilding, retooling situations. Yep. Yeah, with, I I agree, and we don't know what. The Islanders, like the Islanders, they seem like a win now team that just had a shitty year. Oh, very much so. Very, very much so. But maybe uh, Little Emerald sees otherwise. Their window should not be closed. It should not be. And I want it to be closed just because I, I'm done rooting against the Islanders in a competitive capacity. I just want to see them lose for fun. I'm done sweating over them winning a cup. So I hope they hire the young gun and I hope they tear it down, but I don't think they're going to, because I, I, I agree with you, Adam. I, I think that they are a team that they move some things around. They make a, key, a couple key moves. They're very much in the running to, to be back uh, competing in the Metro. And then uh, in the Eastern conference next year in the Metro, my God, if, if you're telling me the Islanders are going to be back in it, I mean, you're talking six teams right there. That are, that are competing for four automatic spots and two wild card spots with with the, the teams in the well, it's three uh, automatic spots actually three yeah three automatic spots you're right you know you're 100 right my math my math was was just terrible but yeah you're right so you have the rangers the penguins the capitals the rangers Island- caps, rangers caps penguins carolina carolina the islanders, the islanders the devils like look to be good. The blue jackets look to be good. And that's, that's your, your lot there mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. Yep. And then even just go, some, yeah. And, and just going into the Atlantic where you, where you have, you have Boston who are always going to be hanging around. You have Tampa, Florida, Toronto. I mean, the Eastern conference is going to be f- absolutely stacked. And plus you have like, Montreal looks to be better. 
Ottawa mm. is looking to take and take the next step. Detroit's yeah. looking to take the, ne- the yeah. next step. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be really fucking tough to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Detroit is a great shout. The Montreal and Ottawa, eh. But Detroit, yes. That's a great, great shout. Yeah, and I mean, Buffalo maybe. Buffalo could also make some noise in the conference. I mean, they finished ahead of Detroit, Ottawa, and Montreal. They finished with 75 points, which I mean is good enough. Well, they also played some of, they also did play some of their best hockey when when Eichel was was traded. So yeah, well, it's, isn't that it's, poetic? It very, very much so. They got they got the cancer out of the building and they started pl- they started playing some some solid hockey. Yes. Well, anyway, let's go into the playoffs themselves. Surely. And as we are talking, we have two games going on where the uh, Lightning and Maple Leafs are in intermission still. Uh, The Lightning are two up on the Maple Leafs and the series is tied at two. And then Carolina is two up on Boston. And that series is also tied two to two. Can we just talk about the the, the bad one and just Get it over with. Yeah, I just hope the Rangers win tomorrow. I'm completely convinced that Igor Shostakovich is hurt. I'm co- completely 100 100% convinced. Yeah, I think that I think they're just playing him too much. I mean that that triple overtime game just completely took it out of him. I feel like I disagree. The man played 65 plus games this year. Well, as did, I mean, as did most, as did, as did most goalies. Well, I'm right. playing more, but it's but it's continuous. That's the problem. Well, you get the you get the day in, in you get the day in between, but isn't it just poetic and very fitting that Jeff Carter crashes right into him, and all of a sudden Igor Shesterkin can't make a save? Well, I mean, it definitely tracks as far as the theory that he could be injured yeah i, I mean and I, I i'm not even gonna go as far as to say it's on it's on igor and the fact that that he's hurt i mean yes it it, it is true and we were saying this all along well, the defense is also if, terrible well if igor shesterkin was hurt this team has no chance it, it doesn't matter who you have in there if igor shesterkin is is not is is not there or hurt you're fucked completely that that's end of story but i mean it also doesn't help that ryan lindgren hasn't played and may not play again barkley barkley goodrow has been a huge loss and he's the reason why he was signed the reason why chris drury decided to give him an absolutely stupid and ludicrous six-year contract was for him to be available in these moments and about taking away the fact that he was hurt the man jumped in front of a fucking slap shot and his ankle shattered into a million pieces and then played four periods on a broken ankle. I tip my hat to you. I'd be screaming and crying like a little girl. But I could barely skate him. on two working ankles, let right. alone one working ankle. Right. You you brought him, you brought him in because you wanted him to be that leader in these kind of moments for a relatively very, very inexperienced team. And he's not here. So you're really relying on guys like Ryan Reeves for only playing 10 to 12 minutes a night to be that veteran leadership. And you know, I, I'm not going to you know shit on Ryan Reeves. I love him. He's one of my spirit animals. But 
you can't rely on, on, on one guy. And it also doesn't help that, you know, oh, you could say there's a team, this is a team that's full of inexperienced and is full of uh, young players. I mean, we got to call it spade to spade. Before Chris Kreider went out with, the, with an injury, for the most part, he's done next to nothing. Yeah, he scored a couple goals, absolutely. But his play overall hasn't really been that good. Mika Zibanejad has done nothing the entire series. Panarin had a terrible game one. He's played well. Strom's been all right. Cop has been great. Honestly, there are four players on the Rangers that I can realistically say. Okay, five. There are five players on the Rangers that I can say, you know what? If we lose tomorrow night, you could you can go out with your head held high. One, Keandre Miller. He's been excellent the entire series. Cannot fault him. He's been great. Number two, Braden Schneider. He also has been terrific. And for a young kid that is not playing a lot, which we'll get to that in a minute, he's been fantastic as well. Number three, Adam Fox. What he's done with Justin Braun playing next to him, he he really has been our best overall, probably one of our best overall offensive players in the entire series. And that speaks a lot when he plays on defense. That's number three. Number four, one of my children, Capo Caco. He has been unbelievable in this series. And if he could do that, this, this we're seeing now over the course of an 82 game season and stay healthy. We got a player. We, we have a player there. Well, that's why you drafted him second overall. Right, right. And then the fifth one, Alexi Lafreniere, has been great for the Rangers. It may not show up on the stat sheet. Scored his first playoff goal the other night, but he has done everything that has been asked. And why? Why, Gerard Gallant, are we playing that top line of before Kreider went out with the injury, Kreider's advantage at Vetrano, 20 to 25 minutes a night when you have a third line that is only playing 12 minutes and you could give them an additional two minutes of ice time to get out there when they have been the best line in the whole series. Bar also, nine, why is it, not why even is it, close. Why is it not uh, Kreider, Mika, and Kako on the top line? I think Petrano has been the best one of those three. If I'm, if I'm being honest. Well, I mean, maybe now it'll be Kako, Mika and Petrano. I would not be splitting that kid line up. No way. Uh-uh. Not a chance. No. Uh-uh. No way. Okay. I, I honestly, honest to God, I would figure it out. You do not split the kids up. Is it going to happen? Probably. But would I do it? Fuck no. Not a chance. I think the other reason why the Rangers are missing Barclay Goodrow is that he is so good at face-offs, and the Rangers are terrible at face-offs. Oh, yeah. They're they're terrible terrible face-off team. And that's another reason why they signed him is because he provides grit. He provides some offensive firepower, and he's he's great at taking face-offs. Yeah, but 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 even even then we were getting killed in thought with with Goodrow in there D- during the series during the series not not just not overall because we were good with Goodrow 
but in the series, we've gotten killed thought in a big way. Like Mika's yeah. advantage, it's not, it's not winning faceoffs for shit. Well, he he's never faceoffs have never been his strength. No, either. No. And same with Ryan Strom to to an extent. Yeah. But I I just don't. I mean, the defense also just the defensive decision making as far as putting in Patrick Nemeth on the sixth pair. I mean, I've I've listened to Blue Shirts Breakaway, so I'm well aware, and you should too. It's a great podcast. But you know, I'm well aware of how much the Ranger community hates Patrick Nemeth, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse with that. But just play some like you're you're at a point where you know what you have and you know that it's shit. Just play somebody like Zach Jones or even Nils Lundqvist when he gets healthy. Yes, like yes, Zach Jones would be would be the guy that I'm going for over over Patrick Nemeth at this point. <laughs> you gave Patrick Nemeth a three year contract. Carolina Are just scored again. Fucking kidding me. I'm sorry, what you said. I, I'm I'm about to blow a gasket on Patrick Nemeth. You're, you're killing the flow. I'm sorry. Carolina just scored. Do we know who scored? Yes, uh, Seth Jarvis. Oh, okay. Good for good for him. Good for him. Why is Patrick Nemeth still playing? If if Patrick <laughs> if Patrick Nemeth were 20 years old, he'd be on the bench by now. Yes? Yes. Because he's 30, he gets to play? No! No, you've been carrying Zach Jones for the past week. What are you doing? What are you doing? I really don't understand. At this point, we're down 3-1. We've given up, what, 13 goals in the last two games? What the fuck do you have to lose? Just play Zach Jones. Send Patrick Nemeth to the edge of the fucking Milky Way for all I care. The sun is not far enough. Send him to the edge of the fucking galaxy. Play Zach Jones. What do you have to lose? Nothing. Nothing. You lose tomorrow night. Okay, the series is the season's done. Awesome. Who cares? We're not going anywhere with Patrick Nemeth as our sixth defenseman. It's not happening. It's not happening. But Gerard Gallant wants a veteran guy back there. Fuck that. Fuck that. Patrick Demeth is not going to be on this team maybe next year. I hope to God he's not. Knowing Chris Drury and Gerard Gallant, he's going to be. And I can't fucking stand it. I, I oh, The guy is so bad, Adam. He is so bad. And you know you know from our experiences and our talks about the New York Rangers how much I hate Michael Delzato. Yes, street, the streets are saying that Patrick Nemeth is actually just a worse Michael Delzato. Oh, oh, Patrick Nemeth has taken the cake off of Michael Delzato for the worst New York Ranger I've ever seen. Michael Delzato looks like a fucking Norris Trophy winner. He looks like the son of Bobby Orr compared to Patrick Nemeth. This dude is awful. He's. I mean, at so least Michael Delzato got us Kelvin got us Kevin Klein in a trade. Yes, yes. What does Patrick Nemeth get us? A seventh round pick? You can't even trade him because his contract is so bad. Minus four in the playoffs with four penalties. I think I've just about said that 
if I were to bet on, if there was like a prop that I could take for Patrick Nemeth over penalty minutes, I would take it every fucking night at this point. I just don't get it. And I will tell you right now, coming from someone that was in the building in game two, when Patrick Nemeth took that fucking penalty, oh my God. Granted, it, granted, a lot of it was also at the officials, but it was a penalty. And the guys that was sitting around were like, how is this guy still on the team? How is he still playing? I couldn't agree with, I couldn't agree with that assessment any better. Uh, Patrick Nemeth sucks. Uh, the, the Rangers may be going out tomorrow night, and uh, I'm dead inside. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Oh, the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs did a thing. They scored a goal. Can I take a guess who it was? Yes. Is it up? Yes. I want to say Austin Matthews, but that's boring. Um, is it Austin? It, it, it's not Austin Matthews. Who it is. It's not Austin Matthews? It's not. Okay. Is it... Is it Michael Bunting? It is not Michael Bunting. Who is it? It is John Tavares. Oh, I was gonna, oh man. I was going to say Marner, then I was going to say Tavares. Yep, 2-1 in the second period for the Maple Leafs. So enough about the Rangers. Come on, Lightning. Come on, Lightning. Make me right. Make me right again. Come on, Maple Leafs. Win around, please. Hey, Adam, what, uh, what, uh, speak, speaking of, we, we haven't talked about it. Uh, what happened to, uh, to your Utah Jazz? What happened there? What happened? Yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a Jazz fan. You said they were going to beat my Mavs. Oh. Adam, the prophecy. The prophecy is getting closer to being completed. I smell it. I smell it. You tried to throw a wrench into my plans. Hey, it wasn't happening. I smell it. You smell that, Adam? It smells like Donovan Mitchell and Penn Station. I smell it. Well, I hope they finish the renovations by the time Donovan Mitchell comes. Oh my God, I was in I was in Penn Station Thursday night. The place that that, that oh my God, the place is so bad. It looks terrible. Oh, I haven't been there in six months, and I'm sure, and I'm pretty sure it looks exactly the same as when I left. Yep. It looks oh, like a, yeah. it, it looks like you, it looks like you're in a sewer and it feels like you're in a sewer. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Cause there's nothing in it. It used to be bustling with life and stores it used to be roses and Dwayne Reed and, um, whatever pharmacy and Panera bread, but now nothing. Pretty much now. I mean, now it's everything. All oh, the stores are, are, are closed up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's not fun. It's disgusting, too. And well, it's also I, 90 degrees. When I was in there waiting for the train to get back to Huntington after the Ranger game, I had swamp ass to the max. It was so bad. Oh, it's, it's the worst in the summer. Horrendous. But let's move on and talk about the other teams and the other series. And we could just talk about the Maple Leafs and the Lightning because we're already kind of talking about the uh, the goal here or what happened in the game. So it's been a solid series, kind of a almost like a tale of two games or a tale of two series 
where uh, the games that the Maple Leafs won, they won pretty convincingly. And the same thing with the Lightning. I mean, the Lightning won that game in one of their games they won in OT, but still, like, it's, it's a very even series. It's a lot more even than I thought. Well, it hasn't been, hasn't been close in, in any of the games. I mean, you've had, yeah, you've had a five, you've had a five, three in there, but. Oh, my bad. They did not win an OT. There has been no. Oh, did you say, did you say an, o, an OT game? Or I would have corrected you. I apologize. I didn't, I didn't hear that. Um, but even that five, three, the lightning pretty much dominated throughout in, in, in game two. Then in game three, a five, two Maple Leafs dominated that one first game uh, in, in, in Tampa. And then just the other night, game four was seven, three in favor, in favor of the lightning. It, it, it's been one-sided for whomever the winner is in, in each of these games, which is why, I mean, the series, the series itself is, is, is very intriguing because you're going to get to a point where you have to start locking down shop. And I mean, whoever wins this game tonight, if Tampa wins this game tonight, they, they have to win game six at home because you have to imagine that in Toronto game seven in Toronto is just going to be unbelievable. If, if it gets to that and, and Tampa is not going to want that to happen. So the collective clench of all of Toronto, if there's a game seven in Toronto yeah, against Tampa Bay. But I, I, hey, Adam, hey, Adam, I trust our fellow alumnus, John Cooper, to get the job done. Noted Hofstra man. fucking pride, baby. Listen, if it, if it was anybody but the Maple Leafs, I'd be like, go John Cooper. He's a Hofstra man. I get it. He'll win. He's won back-to-back Stanley Cups. He know he knows what to do. But this had just the pressure, so much pressure. All the pressures on the Maple Leafs in this series. What what do the Lightning have to prove? They've already won back-to-back Stanley Cups. The Maple Leafs have won around in seventeen years. Fair. Have won around, not the cup. They haven't won a cup since. 1967. They haven't won a round, a playoff series, since 2004. No, oh, you're right. And fuck, and fuck the Maple Leafs too. <laughs> but I love Austin Matthews. Oh. Great like American, great American boy. But I mean, they get they they get to the seven games. Scotiabank Arena is going to be popping off. Oh yeah, it's going to be packed to the gills. Yep, as as it should be, as it should be. Uh, the other game that's going on uh, that just finished up with the second period is the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Another series that's closer than I thought. I thought Carolina would have run away with this series at this point. I told you, Adam. I know. I told you. Boston was not going to lay down to Carolina. They, they, they were just, they were not going to do it. And especially when you have a third string uh, goalie in there. Where normally, if you have a third string goalie in there, you know, series series would be a bit more difficult, don't you think? That maybe uh, teams that have their number ones in, maybe their team is a Vezina, has a Vezina Trophy candidate in goal. Maybe they'd be able to get that third string goalie and you know and provide that guy some help. Maybe make games a little bit closer. But no, no, for sub it doesn't work out that way. And, and I, I, don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. But please stop. 
Sorry, I have a lot of I have a lot of pent up aggression in case in case you can't in case you haven't been able to tell. But I mean, the Bruins, the Bruins done what they're supposed to do. They've won on home ice, and, and that's kind of it. They just have to be able they just have to be able to figure out a way to win in Carolina, where Carolina has only lost twelve games at home uh, this year out of out of a possible forty one. So, you know, that's a big ask for sure, but. I feel confident in saying that Boston should be able to win uh, back at TD Garden and, and then it, having a game seven um, at PNC Arena in Carolina just def- definitely seems very, very plausible um, if we uh, if we if we get to that point. Yeah, I mean, Carolina doesn't have their third string goalie in for this game. Antiranta is starting for them. Yes. Yep. But I, I'm, I'm just talking about from the last. Yes, the last couple three of games. Three and a half games. Because Antiranta did get run by, uh, was it David Pasternak? It was Pasternak, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't run. It was just, it was just a, it was a collision that was a little nasty. Think, think Chris Kreider on Carey Price. Yeah. Much more watered down, though. Much, much, Un- much more watered down. <laughs> just unfortunate. Really. Unfortunate, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Pasternak is not, he's not a dirty player or anything like that, so it wasn't. Just like Chris Carter, nothing, nothing was a malicious intent. It wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like Marshan, where if you know Marshan took a run at the fucking goalie, you, you know exactly that he knew what he was doing. Oh, really, Brad Marshan, the guy that has is known to lick people and also punch people from in the head from behind when they're Brad not. Brad Marshan, the guy that chirps at your best player and then has water squirted in his face. Yeah, that guy, and has a gl- a glove thrown at him. Yep, that too. Brad Marchand, who I was forced to like because he stood up to Tony D'Angelo. He's a piece of shit. Leave, to- one leave in- Tony alone. In that one instance, I like Brad Marchand. Love Tony. Great guy. Great guy. Did you – there's some master lip readers out there. Let me tell you. Tony Tony D'Angelo, he, he, he's a friend. He's, he's, a, he's a friend of the podcast. No, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. He's a friend he's of the podcast. He's not my friend. He's my friend. He's my friend. I appreciate him. I appreciate him and his contributions to the New York Rangers. Once a Ranger, always a Ranger. I don't know. Unless it's uh, Patrick Nevis. He can go fuck himself. And Jared Tenorti. And Jared Tenorti can go fuck himself, too. It's just a wonder that the Rangers got 100, got 100 points with those two guys playing games for them. Who? Tenorti and Nemeth. Well, Nemeth, yes. I mean, Tenorti, I think Tenorti played maybe what seven games. He played earlier in the season. Yeah, earlier in the season he played. Earlier in the season, early in the season he played. That's that's when the team stunk. Yeah, and well, he was out of the lineup, and then he was banished, yet, never to be seen again. Yes. So, you like the use of language, Adam. Banished. 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 Yeah, Banished. He was shamed like seriously in Game of Thrones. Shame. Shame. So I figured I figured out I don't know. I, I don't even know if you, you, you you've watched yet. Um the, the lady who plays uh the, the priestess in uh, Game of Thrones, the shame shame lady, yeah, is is the is the is the lady that um plays one of the main characters in Ted Lasso. Really? Well, I haven't I haven't watched Ted Lasso yet. Oh, Adam. Oh, you have to. I know. Ted, well, Lasso, Ted Lasso is great. I need to uh, get a password for Apple TV Plus. 
you must. As, as a football fan, too, I say football, it's not soccer, fuck soccer, that, that, that shit's garbage. As a football fan, are you kidding me? Ted, Ted Lasso, even if you're not a football fan, Ted Lasso is great. Well, it's a, it's a sports comedy. It's like uh, like The Longest Yard. Yes. You don't have to be Bang a football on. fan to be to like The Longest Yard. Absolutely and right. You don't need to be a soccer fan to like Kicking and Screaming, which is another great example of another a funny fantastic sports movie. Example, even though I hated Kicking and Screaming, I thought it was so stupid. Okay. I thought it was, I, I, I thought it was very funny. But but I also am biased because I absolutely just loathe Will Ferrell. I see. But loathe him. Another, I, think, I think he's one of the another most thing annoying. we disagree with on. I think he is the most annoying human being to have ever walked the face of the earth. That's saying a lot. And Adam Sandler exists. Adam Sandler is pretty kind of annoying, but oh, he's extremely annoying. I don't like him at all. But I Happy, like his Gil- older Happy Gilmore was hysterical. I'll give him that. You know, like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Oh, Billy Madison too. Billy Madison's great. Billy Madison is great. But uh, yeah, some some of his newer stuff, I'm not like, like eight. Well, Eight Crazy Nights is also is a classic as well. Love a, love Adam Sandler, noted member of the tribe of not just Jewish people, but also Long Islanders. You got the double tribe. Yeah. You got the uh, the double tribe of uh, Long Island and uh, and your and your people. Yes. Moving on to the Blues in the Wild. This is what a nuts series. This is, this is everything we said this series was going to be. Just an absolute 50-50 bloodbath. Yep. And I love it. This is what playoff hockey is supposed to be. This has been the best series so far, without a doubt. This, this and the Stars Flames, which we'll get to, I assume, after, has, yes. has well, been in a bit, but yes. sensational stuff. Yeah, this has been fantastic. And the most interesting thing about this series is the controversy goalie-wise between Bennington and or Jordan Bennington and Vili Husso. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Bennington was uh, was in on, I believe it was, what's today? So it's Tuesday, so uh, Sunday night. Uh, he was in and they won 5-2. He was fitting. the first star of the game. Yeah, first star of the game, fitting when Billy Husso gave up 11 goals between games two and game three. Yeah, Bennington, Bennington looked like the guy that won Stanley Cup on uh, on Sunday. And and I, from what I would imagine, I would assume he's going to get the start again uh, tonight uh, when they are in Minnesota. Minnesota team that has lost only 10 games at home. You want to hear a crazy stat? Please share. That win by Jordan Bennington was his first win in the playoffs since game seven. That's crazy. That's crazy. He was previously 0-9. Wow. Because Jake Allen won those two games in the in the bubble. Yep, that's true. That's true. That's true. I forgot, I forgot Jake Allen was on the blues. How fucking crazy is that? That's crazy. Anyway, so that I heard that stat. Uh, actually, I heard that stat last year when uh, the Blues get swept by the Avalanche and Jordan Bennington started all the games and he was, and that moved his record to 0 9 
since they uh, since the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Let's now, go, Matt Zuccarello, baby. Yep, love him. There are former Rangers everywhere. Once a Ranger, always a Ranger. Once again, unless your name is Patrick Nemeth, Jared Tenorti, or Michael Delzano, or Tony D'Angelo. Oh no, 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 no! He's a Ranger forever. Raised seventy-seven to the rafters. Seventy-seven for Frank Vitrano. For Tony D'Angelo. For Frank Vitrano. For 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 Tony D. Moving on to the Gretzky Derby. Member member of the tribe, Tony D. He is not, not a member tribe. of the tribe. Not your tribe, my tribe. Oh, I was going to make a really bad joke there, but I'm not going to. Wow. Oh, that's disgraceful. That's disgraceful. Moving on swiftly. Yes, moving on swift, swiftly to the Gretzky Derby, the Kings and Oilers. The Oilers have got to have this series. Again, this is everything we said this series was going to be. It was either going to be Edmonton's going to lose in spectacular fashion or they're going to play really well and they're going to score a shit ton of goals, which is exactly what's happened. I mean, even Evander Kane got himself a fucking hat trick, which is crazy. Noted piece of shit, Evander Kane. That one we that one we can we can absolutely agree with. Yeah, that one we could agree with. Yes, but hey, he's playing well. He's letting his play to the talking for him. I'm a man that believes in second chances, and Evander Kane is getting one. So, I mean, in all seriousness, good for him, and um, you know he's contributing at a, at a big time for. For Edmonton, McDavid is just doing his thing. He is just unbelievable, and I want the Rangers to bring him to New York um, more than I want anything. I would donate my right testicle to make sure that it happens. And um, the goaltending has been bad for Edmonton, but the goaltending the right one? just as bad for Los Angeles. What's that? Why the right one? You don't want to know the answer to that. Moving okay. on. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I could, I, get, I could give you the, I, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, not touching nope. it. Not touching it. Moving on. Yeah. So, I mean, the Oilers really need to bounce back from last game, uh, game, game three or game four, sorry, where um, they lost four nothing in LA and uh, Jonathan Quick looked like vintage Jonathan Quick. And this series, this series is crazy. The goaltending has been absurd. I mean, game one with Mike Smith doing whatever the fuck he wants and paying the ultimate consequences for doing whatever the fuck he wants, which is letting in dumb goals. And then Jonathan Quick playing like 2014 Jonathan Quick in some some, uh, scenarios. And getting pulled at others. Yes, and getting pulled at others for Cal Peterson. So It's been been inconsistent in goal. It's just going to be which which goalie is going to make the saves. And I can tell you from watching this series, I feel absolutely fucking stupid for taking the Edmonton Oilers to go to the Stanley Cup final. Absolutely stupid. So Jonathan Quick is 36. If you can believe that. I can't wait for him to go. Retire. Retire. Not not the not the alternative. That sounded terrible uh, for him to retire. And Mike Smith is 40. So the combined age of the goalies in this series is 76. 76. I mean, that's just, that's just something. Yeah. And this series is such a toss up because these teams do match up well against each other. And really the only way that the Oilers can lose 
is if Mike Smith fucks them over. It's really the only way that both these teams are going to lose a series. It's going to be which goalie, which goalie is going to, is going to make the saves. And if Mike Smith is going to make the saves, then Edmonton should win the series. If Mike Smith doesn't make the saves and Jonathan Quick slash Cal Peterson do make, do make the saves, then Los Angeles should win the series and, and they should move on. Yeah, but I think the Oilers just, if both goaltenders are on, like form-wise, I think Edmonton has the edge. And that's not... Oh, yeah. That's not an argument. No, no, that's, that's not an argument because they, they are a better all-around team than, than the Kings are. But the Kings are no slouch. Kings, Kings are a good team. Kings are a good team. But Edmonton, Edmonton has the talent to be a Stanley Cup winning team. I mean, that's why I picked them to go to the Stanley Cup final. But they just don't have the goal. They don't have the goal funding on a consistent enough basis, whether it's going to be Mike Smith or whether it's going to be uh, Miko Koskinen. Yeah. You know what? Let's go into goaltending because goaltending is a theme in this next series as well. And that is Dallas and Calgary. Yes. Dallas. The legend of Jake Ottinger. I love him. I love him. He, re- he really is really, really, really good. And, I mean, they they may not win the series. I just I, I want to make that abundantly clear. The Dallas Stars may not win this series. They probably won't. But, man, oh, man, has Jake Ottinger made, made a name for himself in, in this series. He really, really has. And he, he just... Over the course of the year as well, he's been just so good. Took that starting job, ran away with it, made it his own. And, I mean, we're seeing just two world-class goalies on display in this series between uh, Jake Ottinger and uh, Jacob Markstrom for uh, for Calgary. And it's been it's been a low-scoring series compared to, compared to the others. I mean, we finally had our scoring outbursts in game three and game four with a whopping six total goals in game three and a just ever so whopping five total goals in game four, but game two and game one, there were three combined goals. There were two shutouts, one for Jacob Markstrom in game one, and then one for Jake Oninger in, in, in game two. So again, this is going to come down to goaltending, but for all the opposite reasons of what we just talked about with Edmonton and Los Angeles. It's going to be which goalie makes the mistake, which goalie is going to let up, which goalie is going to be responsible for sending their team down. And I honestly don't know who that's going to be because both goalies are playing out of their minds. And this has been an unbelievably physical and unbelievably skillful. And overall, there's a really great series to watch. But I am rooting for Calgary because I do want to see Calgary and, and um, Edmonton in the Battle of Alberta in the next round. Because I will be on my sofa every night watching that series. I won't miss a game. I will not miss a game. That is a promise. Yeah. And really the offense, the offenses for both teams have been kind of stifled a little bit. But Mm -hmm. um, the Flames are kind of like the Oilers in that way where they just have all the firepower with that 100. They have a line. Of players that scored 100 points over the season. It's crazy. Yeah. Three guys on one line. 
that scored 100 points. Yeah. And Cal- Calgary is a really talented team. They have the edge, I think, in terms of overall roster construction. But Dallas is a team that's not. They are not going to go away. They are a very sound defensive team as well. I mean, so, so is Calgary. But they are a team that they're gritty. They're not going to lay down. They're going to give Calgary a really, really good fight. And, and they've done that. They've, they've done that. And game five is going to be really, really interesting. Because if, if Dallas is able to sneak one where they have a, uh, a sub-500 record on the road, but if they're able to win this game in Calgary and go back to Dallas for game six, up 3-2, that is going to be real interesting to see how Calgary is going to be able to respond with their backs up against the wall again. Yep. My bad. It's actually not a 100-point uh, line. It's really a 40-goal scorer line because Johnny Gaudreau, Makachuk, and Elias Lindholm all scored 40 goals or more. Jeez. And how Which is points? honestly even crazier. So hey, Gaudreau, what's, the, what's the point total for all of them? Combined? Or each no, one? No, 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 just individually. Individually. Yeah, I'm going to make you do math right now. Yeah, no, please don't. Uh, Gaudreau, 115. Kachuk, 104. Lindholm, 82. Still very good season. 82-point season. Yeah, you'll take that. And then the, ne- the next highest is Andrew Mangiapane with 55. Jeez. That's just the entire uh, – that's the entire production for that offense. Yep. And, you know, they've been very good. And who would have thought that a team coached by Daryl Sutter would be physical in the playoffs? I've never seen this before. I've never seen it before in my life. No, it's not like it's not like the name Daryl Sutter gives me PTSD for reasons that I will not explain. Haven't seen it at this before. point. Nope, haven't seen, seen it before. before. Nope, nope. We 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 just did not. We did not see yeah the 2004 uh, Stanley Cup Final between Calgary and and Tampa. Just what a physical, hard nosed series that was. Daryl Sutter going up, going up against John Tortorella in his early days, not even in his prime yet. Yep. Noted non physical player Jerome Ginla. Was in that series. Correct. Correct. This, yeah. Softy. Softy yep. Jerome McGinley. Uh, who would have thought? When and when John Tortorella actually had color in his hair. Yeah. Who was oh. on? Oh, noted uh noted Daryl Sutter guy also. Marion Gat. No. Who was on that fucking team that was on the Rangers? Not Marcel Hosa. No, who am I thinking of? Oh, um, Brad Richards was on that team. Oh, in Tampa. In Tampa. Oh, 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 oh I thought you were talking about in Cal. I was thinking about who was in Calgary. Like, oh, yes. And, and, and Marty St. Louis. Right. And Marty, great guy. I was thinking more, yeah, Brad Richards. Love Brad. Love Brad, my guy. Remember where I was where I saw Brad Richards on the Rangers, too? I was on, I was on a golf course. I know. Shocking. Oh, really? Yeah. You were on Shocking. a golf course? Yeah. yeah, I was on a golf course. Not even kidding. Um, I was how golfing. long ago was that? 2011. So... 15 years old. Oh. Wait. 15 years old. July 1st. July 1st, 2011. 11 years ago. Yep. You were on a golf course. Mm-hmm. I remember where I was when Rick Nash got traded. Don't remember where I was. Don't remember where I was. I remember where I was when Brad Richards was signed. And I remember where I was when I thought the Cowboys got Nandi Asimwa 
And I remember where I was when Carmelo Anthony was traded to the next. I think that was the same year. All that happened in like the same year. Maybe. Maybe. Because my 2011 recollection must be better than uh, my 2019 recollection. Because I couldn't tell you a fucking thing that I did in 2019. That makes sense. I mean, me neither, honestly. All right. Well, anyway, let's move on. We're going here. We're moving on to our last series. We already talked about the Penguins and Rangers. Let's talk about the Capitals and the Panthers. So many series are tied are tied two two. It's just except crazy. For, except for one, and then the other one, which ended the sweep. Yeah. Well. Well, we also saw that coming. I'm I'm so sorry for giving Nashville more credit than I uh, than I should have given him. My God. Who would have thought that having your Vesna finalist goalie be injured for the whole series turned out to not go well for you? Yeah. Exactly. Kel McCarr, uh, Kel McCarr answered the question of uh, who was going to be the guy to uh, spearhead their team in a big way. My God. McCarr had himself a, 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 a great, great series. Yep. But and now all that matters Darcy, is... Darcy Kemper, if he is on the shelf, potentially, which we don't know, he took a stick to the eye, that's a problem for 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 Colorado. But a little bit of a break. Maybe they have to wait a week until they play the next game. So that's very good news for, for Colorado. They're able to close that out, rest up, and get ready for the next round. Either way, it's going to be tough, though, whether it be St. Louis or Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But they'll yeah. be – they'll. It, it's going to go one of two ways. Minnesota or St. Louis are either going to be exhausted or they're going to be amped up, ready to go. I, and, and we know Colorado's like going to be fresh. Yeah, I want to know if there's a study on that. Like how team, I'm sure there is somewhere, how teams do either if their series ends early, if they're if it's like that, like in the NBA, in the NHL, or if they're on a bye, like in the NFL. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I'm just not the guy that would do such analysis, but I'm sure there is. I'm just interested in seeing how that affects performance because there, there are two kind of schools of thought on it where it's either they're not, they're not loose enough because they're taking, you know, they're not in it. They're not in the zone because they took too long of a break or they lost momentum or the other side of the coin is they're already loose. They have the momentum. They're going right into it. They don't have time to feel tired, like that sort of thing. I would love to see how that actually works as far as uh, analytics or analysis on that. I'm sure there are studies out there that will uh, confirm or deny. Yeah, I'm sure I could find if I, a quick Google, Google search could probably give me the answers I'm looking for. But uh, this Capitals Panthers series, though, is fascinating. You called it. You called it that Washington is going to give uh, Florida a run, a run for their money. And boy, have they ever. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is with uh, with Bobrovsky, but hey, maybe it's the Alex Ovechkin effect because he's he's been great in the series again. I mean, he's had some opportunities where he's been wide open. I'm sitting there. I'm asking myself, 
how the hell do you leave Alex Ovechkin wide open? Like, you should be leaving someone like TJ Oshie wide open. Not, not Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin's entire career is just him parking his ass on the left, on the left uh, face-off dot with his stick up waiting for a one-timer and just ripping it from that point and scoring. That's what he does. Yep. And teams and still can't stop it. Yep. People, That's will, why say, so people say it's a very one-trick pony-ish, but hey, it's an elite skill for, for, for a one-trick pony. One of the best, maybe the best pure school, pure goal scorer that we've ever seen in the National Hockey League. That's a bit. I mean, I'll wait till he passes Gretzky. He's but, gonna he's gonna pass Gretzky. I, I'm I'm convinced. But I think it's just crazy. Like people say it's a one trick pony, but you know, it's a pretty good trick. If yeah. it's such a one trick pony, if it's so oh, easy it's to stop, then why haven't you done it? Yep. You know? Exactly. Now I mean not to mention he play he just plays so hard too. And I mean there, there are no signs that Ovechkin's gonna slow down at all. I mean, same thing. Same with Crosby. I mean, there, there are no signs that Crosby's going to slow down. I mean, maybe that you've seen signs that maybe Malkin slowing down a little bit, Latang slowing down a little bit. Just trying to think of like older spearheads that are you know kind of slowing down. Or I mean, Dustin Brown's retiring. Jonathan Quick, Dustin Brown, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, those kind Jonathan of guys. Taves. Jonathan Taves. Yeah, yeah. There, there are no signs that Ovechkin is slowing down all the crazy thing about the penguin series actually is that is how much mike sullivan is playing chris letang i'm like this guy is like 50 he's getting yeah. he's playing like fit like 60 minutes a game probably game one game one if he played 43 minutes like that man is tired yeah. his legs are probably like jello oh no doubt but this Capitals Panther series, like we're let's go back to that and talk about how interesting it is. I mean, playoff Bobrovsky, you know, it's just how it goes. Like he was very good in his last year in Columbus, where uh, they swept Tampa and then they almost made it past Boston. But we just know that Sergey Bobrovsky is just not the same in the playoffs as he's in the regular season. It's true. And also the Panthers, you know, people always rag on Toronto for not winning a round since 2004. The Panthers haven't won a round since 1996. Yeah. And they're still, they're still searching. This is not going to be an easy, an easy series at all. I, I, I did not think that Washington was close in, uh, in goal. And they, they very much are, but it's not because that, uh, Samsonov is playing out of his mind. It's just that Bobrovsky has been average at best. Well, I think really the Panthers need to, now they need to rely more on their offensive weapons, whether that be uh, Sasha Barkov or Jonathan Huberto or Sam Bennett, who they have, or Sam Reinhardt, who they have. Um, you know, just their offensive players, you know, they're going to have to rely on them even more now that uh, Borowski isn't immortal or even, you know, Vesna uh, quality, just really good, let's say, like he was over the regular season. And the interesting thing about Florida 
is I heard this on another uh, podcast I listened to. Florida has a lot of like the reason that Florida had a lot of points, you know, they had 13 overtime wins. You know, they had four. Well, actually, it's 16. No, no, 13, 13 overtime wins, three shootout wins, 13 overtime wins. And, you know, three on three overtime is not a thing in the in the playoffs. And when a team has that many overtime wins, just overtime wins, and even overtime and shootout wins, if you want to count that as well, it's it can raise a bit of concern about their point total because obviously you get one point for being in overtime anyway, and you get two, you get the traditional two for winning in overtime, but um, just going to overtime so much, like it just, yeah, it raises a bit of concern as to how the team will succeed in the playoffs. Yeah. And and they are, they're having their moments, but uh, Florida, they should be a better team than, than Washington. You would think that they'd be able to, to pull it out uh, eventually. Um, but, you know, we'll have to, we'll definitely have to wait and see as to whether they, uh, whether they could actually do it. Yeah. Well, anyway, this has been fun talking about hockey. I always love talking about hockey with you. Oh, it's a fantastic time for all parties involved. Yep. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsell, I'm Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time. Love you guys. Bye-bye.